This is the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Cattle, intuitive life coach, mama, and multiple hat wearer. I've learned firsthand that pregnancy is our invitation to awaken the divine that is already within. In this podcast, I'll show you how you can invite self-love, acceptance, connection, and intuition into your day so you too can have an incredible journey into mamahood. Keep listening for today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Awaken Pregnancy Podcast, hypnobirthing and advocating for birth with Shari Lyon of Belly to Birth. Now, before I dive in and tell you a little bit more about Shari, I just wanted to send a massive congratulations to you if you are newly pregnant. While this is, I know, a very exciting time in your life, the first trimester can also be filled with many challenges, both physical and emotional and For that very reason, I want to invite you to grab a free copy of my first trimester survival guide. It is incredible and abundant, and it's so supportive for you at this time in your life. You can grab your copy by following the link in the show notes for this episode. Now let's dive in. I want to tell you a little bit about our wonderful guest today. Shari Lyon is one of Australia's leading and most sought after hypnobirthing practitioners and childbirth educators. Shari's passion is to support women and birth partners through pregnancy to help them prepare for a positive birth. Hypnobirthing is an independent childbirth education program and aims to provide you with knowledge, support, tools, and techniques to help you prepare for a positive birth, no matter how your baby comes into the world. This conversation was so empowering. If you know me, You know how passionate I am about birth. I love the topic and being able to dive into the power of hypnobirthing with Shari, who is such a wonderful educator, was truly a real honor for me. So in this episode, we talk about what hypnobirthing is and why it's growing in popularity. Plus, we dispel a few myths. I think there's a few really interesting ideas of what hypnobirthing is out there in the world. So Shari clears this up for us. Why you need to be knowledgeable on birth, no matter who your care provider is or where you plan to birth, a snapshot into the birthing system in Australia and why it isn't necessarily stacked in favor of a positive outcome, how Shari's own experience of surprise pregnancy led her to to her life's work and what she has learned along the way. She actually talks about her, like when she was born, her birth as well and how that influenced her too, which is really interesting. Misconceptions about hypnobirthing, why educating yourself will support you no matter how you birth your baby, taking self-responsibility, the rates of birth trauma in Australia, and this I am certain will shock you, it is appalling, how the birthing system will change and why you're an integral part of that and so much more. If you love this episode, please take a moment to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I am so deeply grateful for your continued support of this show and I cannot wait for you to meet the wonderful Shari Lyon. Hi, Shari. Welcome to the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. How are you? Oh, hi, Kate. Thank you. It's so good to be like connecting with you. I've um, I've been following you for a while, so I'm super excited to have a chat with you today. Same. I've been following you for a while. <laughs> I was first introduced to you at an event that Nicole Joy hosted. Like that was the first time I saw you speak. And I think did you? I've had I've actually had Nicole on the podcast, but had, did you teach her before? I her did. Birth? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. That's how I found you. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. That so was such good. a great event that she put together. It was really, really special. Way back before COVID, right? <laughs> before yeah, it, it made was. everything crazy for events. But yeah, I, I think that the reason why I really wanted to have you on the podcast today is because hypnobirthing 
has been a massive part of my journey into motherhood or it was a massive part with birthing Flynn. And I continue to hear more and more about it through my clients and it's becoming something that I think we are, it's, I guess it's a lot more common practice than it was even two years ago, five years ago. And I still find though that when I talk about it with my clients or friends that people still have questions about what it is. And I really wanted to bring you on because I know how passionate you are. I know how much your clients adore you and how incredible of an experience they have after working with you and then birthing their babies, however that might be. And so I really wanted to get you on so we can have a chat about hypnobirthing, what it is, how it works, all of those fun things. So I can't wait to dive in. Um, Yeah, beautiful. So I could talk might, about hypnobirthing might, all day. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I could talk about birth all day. Yeah, I'm one of those too. people that I'm like, did someone say birth? I want to enter that conversation. <laughs> I know, right? That's like at the barbecues, you've got to try and find someone that will talk, that is yes. interested in hearing you talk about birth. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where's the person with a newborn? How was your birth? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so for anyone yeah. who doesn't know, what is hypnobirthing and why is this growing in popularity right now? Well, to kind of put it in short, like hypnobirthing is an independent childbirth education program. So what yeah, the program is about is helping women and partners to approach their birth without fear and with a heap of tools and techniques to help them at all stages of labor, but also to understand how the medical system works, um, what routine interventions are, but also really what I love seeing is the confidence growing in the couples or the, the parents on finding their voice and really starting to speak up and advocate for themselves and what they want. Because um, look, history, the history of birth, it it's really especially over the last uh, you know few hundred years, women have really been disempowered in birth and with with medical science coming in, although we are so lucky to have the the medical care that we do and there's always a time and place for medical intervention, it has become such a normal part of birth that when you talk about physiological birth or natural birth, that isn't normal anymore. And that's kind of where this program just helps to educate the parents on the the women, the physiology of birth. So what actually happens, because this is a big thing that every new course that I teach, one of the first questions I ask is, has anyone actually taught you how your body is designed to birth? And this was one of my the- favorite things from studying hypnobirthing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it, yeah, it's and- amazing. I have to agree with that. We don't, we, we know the basics, right? The baby either comes out the vagina or we choose, we choose <laughs> yeah. or we go through, you know, some type of emergency Caesar, right? But I feel like yeah. that's the basis. Like that's all we know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And there's, it's such an intricate play of hormones and physiology and muscles working together and the pelvis opening. And it, it's amazing to really um, like just strip it all back because, we are not taught this. We're not taught as young girls about our bodies, really, um, you know, talking about periods and, and cycles and things like that. Even that is still really unspoken. And when it comes to falling pregnant, it's honestly one of the biggest things that I find is women are 
even before they're pregnant, they're in such a state of fear, anxiety about being pregnant and having to birth a baby that that's what takes over their experience rather than really connecting in and awakening to themselves and their ability to birth. And that's really what the program is about. And I think taking an independent childbirth education program like the Hypnobirthing Australia program, I will share with you information that the medical caregivers may not because it's important to understand how the medical system works. Every hospital, every caregiver has a way that they like to care for women and they want to keep you in like a safety box. But that box is not always, a you know, it, on an individual basis. And we are not all the same. Every single woman is different. Every baby is different. Every pelvis is different. Every gestation for each woman is different. So to try and put all women in one box and say to them that if they don't fit in that box, then you need medical help. Well, it's not really, it's not right. And so even going to a hospital birthing class, you can get some really great information at the antenatal classes within a hospital, but they will tell you the information that they want you to hear within that box. So what I'm really passionate is about is also sharing the op- options outside of that box because if you don't know your options, then you don't have any. And I teach many second, third, even fourth time parents who who have, I guess, allowed the caregivers to have all of the responsibility, make the decisions for them. But then because of that, things have gone in you know different directions and these women have come out traumatized and mm. it's really important that we start talking about the effects of birth on women and the fact that one in three women in Australia suffer birth trauma like we have to start asking these questions as to why mm. and it all really needs to start with the education and yeah. that's really what hypnobirthing um I'll kind of delve into a little bit more about the whole hypno part of it you know I think there's there's still so much misunderstanding of what (laughs) hypnosis is (laughs) but it's it's and every time I I talk to people I'm like please like I'm not gonna make you do anything you don't want to do there is no such thing as make you cluck like a chicken while you're giving birth okay (laughs) like it just baffles me why why people really like would you really think that but (laughs) it, it But again, though, this is like when I actually explain it to them, getting them to understand how conditioned we are. One, like we are conditioned from the time we are children to have a perception of birth. And it's because of what we see on the TV. So what we see on TV is birth is painful, medicalized, traumatic, you know, women bleeding out, dying, birth partners getting yelled at, having no place in the birth, you know. Mm. Um, And it's also understanding you've been conditioned to believe that hypnosis is some kind of like someone can control your mind, make you do things that you're not, you know, meant to do. And so within like the first session of of my uh, courses, it's one thing that I really clear up and and get people to understand it. And I'm going to be honest, it's normally the birth partners that have this slight perception like, oh, my God, you're taking me to a, a, a hippie birthing totally. class. Like, is she going to be chanting and things like that? And do you know what? I play with that and I joke about that and the amount of, of birth partners that look at each other and laugh and go, yep, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I thought that's what I was being dragged to. But even after the first session when I actually explain like what the – 
hypnosis is, it's amazing how the birth partners come up to me and they're like, you know what, this actually all makes sense. Because hypnosis, all it is is a state of focus. So that's really what I, I teach is I teach parents tools and techniques that they can bring themselves into a state of focus, whether that be like a relaxed focus, whether that be through the movement, touch, visualization, breath work. And we choose what we focus on. We can either focus on everything that could go wrong, which it tends to be that's kind of what many uh, parents, when it comes to birth, it's always focusing on what can go wrong. I don't want to go through the pain. What if I tear? What if I go through a cesarean? Like, can you see like where our focus goes? Mm. That's where our energy will flow. Like instead of focusing on everything that could go wrong, I help them understand their body and, and get to bring themselves into a state of focus where they can work with their body and they have a belief in their ability to birth. So not really a short, short way of explaining it, but I love there's it. just so much to it. And I think, yeah, it's just... I just want people to just be open to it. Yeah. And I think there's so much in what you just shared that I was just like nodding my head the whole time. You know, when it comes to, when it comes to what we've been programmed with, I think that it's really important for us as birthing women to acknowledge that we have been raised in a a society that is built around supporting the way that a man operates. And I have spoken, and I mean, this is in a masculine energy, someone who is masculine dominant, and this feeds through into all parts of society. And an example of this is that, and I have spoken about this before on the podcast, with I, I spoke to someone called her name's Alicia Kruger and she is a cycle expert like she helps people to reconnect with their cycles and really support themselves through the different seasons of that and an example of this is we're expected in society to wake up every day and start the day again and go through you know be productive all day and then go home go to bed reboot that's exactly how male hormones work to be able to support them to do that but as women that's not how our body works and so you know I guess I wanted to highlight that because that is just one way that this society is built around that masculine energy and of course it's going to come across into birth and so you know I think it's really important for us as birthing women to be really connected to the fact that if we want our needs to be met in birth we need to advocate for ourselves I mean in life in general it's not just birth we need to be the ones who advocate for our own health and not put that trust in somebody else fully and completely and I'm not saying we don't trust our care providers I think that's really important and I'm sure that you would agree with that but I think it's important for us to know what is actually fact and what is preference of our care provider like you were touching on before and that's Mm. something that I really loved about the hypnobirthing course is it coupled all of these elements together as in I understood what my body was doing through the labor process and that it wasn't just like an A to B situation. Like there are so many things that need to happen in my body before I'm ready to actually birth the baby and then things that happen after as well. But there was also so much that was like in the prep, like as in my partner and I connecting, my husband, you know, my birth partner connecting and really talking about the birth experience and how I wanted him to support me and what didn't align for me. And then also understanding what the hospital's policies were on certain things and putting together my birth preferences and knowing that if X, Y, Z were to happen, that these things are okay, but these things are not. And so Mm -hmm. that meant that when I went into the birth suite to birth Flynn, 
I didn't have to think about any of those things because the decisions were made and Michael understood them and so did my care providers. And so I was advocating for myself by preparing myself for the birth, not just kind of showing up and going, oh, well, they do this all the time. I'll just trust them. The, mm-hmm. the, I think the thing that I love so much about hypnobirthing is it's about teaching us to really trust ourselves and to really have our birth partner there to support us. Because, I mean, I refuse to believe that nature got it so wrong that, you know, the, the one in three people who are birthing are having some type of trauma related to their care. Like I, I just don't believe that nature got it so wrong that we need that much intervention to cause that much trauma. Like that just can't be right. Well, and then this is kind of what we need to come back to is being like, if you're able to conceive your baby, grow your baby, and you're having a normal, healthy, uncomplicated pregnancy, do you think that all of a sudden your body wouldn't then know how to birth your baby? Yeah. Like, that is a, that is a, that's a question that I ask my, my mothers. I, I'm, you know, I ask them, you're having a healthy pregnancy. You are growing this beautiful little baby. You don't even have to consciously think about it. You, you can go about your day, you're sleeping, you're making yourself cups of tea. You may be going to work. This is the biggest job of your life. You are growing a human and you don't even have to consciously think about it. And yet here we are when we get to that 40 week mark and then all of a sudden what we are so flawed that then we have to have assistance to get the baby out. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're preaching to, to the converted, like, <laughs> this is, you know, it's exactly, but the thing is though, no one ever ex- says or explains things to women in this way mm-hmm. because everything that women hear around birth is all fear-based from well-meaning family members and friends sharing their stories, telling them to just go for the epidural, that the, the, the drugs were, were so good, which, yes, they can be. And that's what we are lucky that, that we have the option there if we need it. But this is – and this is this was a shocking statistic um, that I um, heard from Rachel Reed. And please, if you're pregnant, if – if anything, please go and follow Dr. Rachel Reed. Um, her blog is Midwife Thinking. She also has her own podcast um, as well. But she has re- she revealed that up to 43% of women within Australia having normal, healthy, uncomplicated pregnancies are having their labour induced. Mm. And that is, that is phenomenal. Then we've got a 33% cesarean rate. So let's kind of add those together. The percentage that's left of women being supported in the physiology of spontaneous labour is very, very small. And what what's happened though is that the medical system had kind of, as soon as you're pregnant, it's kind of like you're on this conveyor belt and they dictate to you, okay, we're going to see you this day. We do these checks, see you this day, do these checks throughout your pregnancy. Then you hit this expiry date. Okay, you're 40 weeks. We need to start, you know, at talking about getting this baby out and then before women know it they're all, they're booked in for their induction and it, it unfortunately and I hate to say it like this but it's kind of like it's an assembly line get you in get you out get you in get you out mm-hmm. and unless you know how the system works you will become you will you will get stuck on that conveyor belt and mm-hmm. it's not saying though and this is where I'm a huge advocate for medical caregivers as well, all right, because they work in the system. They are 
bound by the system themselves. So if you don't know that you have options, if you don't know that, yes, the hospital policy may recommend that induction at 41 weeks and three days, but if you're having a normal, healthy, uncomplicated pregnancy and you know you have the option to go, look, if my baby's fine, we'd like to be given some more time. Will you support us in that? Then you are just going to fall into that induction assembly line. And that is where also understanding that induction of labor on the body using synthetic hormones is a very different kettle of fish to the physiology of birth. And there are risks associated with that as well. And that is what I also really delve into is to, one, when you can understand how your body works, the hormones of birth, what, you know, the intricate play of hormones and the oxytocin receptors in the uterus and all of that, and then understand how fear affects that hormone release, it, like, it's kind of like the penny starts to drop. And when it's explained to women and partners in this way, explaining the physiology, explaining the hormones, explaining how our bodies are designed to work, it's amazing to see the awakening. And that's why I love, you know, you, the, you're the awakening podcast that it, it, it is, it's an awakening. And having a baby is like a rite of passage. You go through Could not this agree more. Of, I yeah, totally like it, agree with that. Yes. But you've got it like women need to understand that to be able to have an experience that they want, because it's all well and good saying, oh, I'm going to go naturally. I want to have a natural birth. But it's like any goal that you set in life. You, you need to break it down and work out a bit of a map on how you're going to achieve that goal. And sometimes that map may have detours and sometimes that may, map may be a totally different route to what your original um, hopes and desires were, but it's about getting to the end, uh, the, the journey at the end, or so the destination, which is coming out of it, where you are healthy, your baby is healthy, and you feel empowered and positive about your experience, regardless mm. of how your baby comes into the world. Yes, I love that so much. And there's so much that's involved in that, right? Like if if that is if that is a goal of you know if you're listening and that is a goal for you to have you know a physiological birth that is you know has little to no intervention then you're so right in that there is preparation required and it might not just be that it's doing a hypnobirthing course like i know for me i was blown away by how physical birth was and obviously we know that there's a physical a very physical element on the mother but it's really hard to comprehend. And so I'm really grateful that with Flynn, I was very active leading up to that because I even like, you know, I was doing okay, but I was also, you know, 39, almost 40 weeks pregnant when I gave birth and carrying all this extra weight. And I didn't feel my strongest and my fittest, but I was glad that was an element that I had considered. Like there are so many different parts to this in supporting ourselves the best that we can to mm. deliver our baby. And like you said, you know, I, I just it makes my blood boil when I hear people say, look, as long as the baby's here and the baby's safe, because it's not true. Stop That's undercutting yourself. Yeah. It's mm. what matters is how you feel about your birth as well. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. this is so much like, obviously in your, in your course, you do so much on that mindset side of things and that self-belief. And I, I, you know, I always bring it back to two different people can have 
very, very similar, if not identical birth experience as far as the way that things unfold. And one of them, it could be incredibly empowering and beautiful and really, really sacred. And for another, it could be traumatic. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that we're working on that within ourselves so that we know that we're being guided by the way that we want to birth and what makes us feel empowered because it is a rite of passage. It is a beautiful gift that we give to the world as women is birthing humans. Like, just Mm -hmm. think about that for a second. All life begins with us. Like, that is absolutely incredible. Like, this is our body. Yeah. And to think Mm -hmm. that our power has been taken away from that is devastating. And it makes me so excited that, you know, we are both working in this space to empower Mm. women to, you know, to really connect back into that. We've got a long way to go, but we're, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, we do. But I do feel that there definitely is a shift happening. Like there is, and you know, it it even started off with, with my birth 10 years ago. Like I had so many fears of birth. I was terrified of, of needles, of the pain. So I was in this predicament of going, well, I don't want to go through the pain of birth. But then the thought of that epidural, when I saw what the size of that needle, I was like, (laughs) you've got to be kidding me. And, and this is where too, for me personally, being pregnant, like I lived such an amazing adventurous life before being pregnant. We were traveling the world. You know, it was, it was lots of fun with my, we weren't married at that time, but my husband now and and I, and then I came home and we, it it was a surprise pregnancy. We, it wasn't planned. And so I didn't have any kind of mental preparation of, okay, we're going to try for a baby this year. Like I want to look into options. Like I had no idea. I'd never thought about having a baby. Like I was, I was 25, I think. And I, it was just thrown in straight into these depths of, of anxiety of, um, because I'd never heard anything good about birth. Like my, you know, my own mother described my birth to me saying, if I'd have had you naturally, we both would have died. And I was (laughs) born via emergency cesarean. Yeah. But that was her truth, right? That Mm. was, I don't blame her for, for any of my perceptions of birth or anything like that, because that was her, that was her truth. And I, I respect that she made that decision in that moment to have me via emergency cesarean, but also she was put under a general anesthetic and my, 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 my dad, sorry, my, my father apparently passed out because he couldn't handle the whole cesarean thing. And so neither of my parents were even conscious when I came into the world. So I have done some uh, work on this um, with um, a beautiful friend and breathing coach, Nicola Lay. We kind of done like a bit of a regression back and, you know, I, as a baby, Phil had a traumatic experience. And that is also where I feel that I was meant to have that because I feel I'm not only here on this earth at the moment to help mothers and partners find their power and have these experiences, but the babies are calling me in as well because it's the babies that are also want to enter into this time in a certain way and not start their, their life off, you know, traumatize themselves. Um, so that from my own birth then into the journey of my pregnancy with my son there was a huge awakening it was I can and I love that word like so that's why I love to name your podcast (laughs) because it was and it was this intuitive like voice inside of me whether it what was 
you know, my higher self, my guides, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I realized since being pregnant, I am quite an intuitive person with, with that, but I just kept hearing you are not flawed. You can do this. You just need to learn how. And even though I was in these throes of anxiety and just going, how am I going to do this? Maybe I should just go for a general anesthetic like my mum did because, you know, there are those um, patterns, you know, within the family dynamic. But there was something inside of me screaming at me like this is this is this is the time you really need to to step up as as and find your voice and and you've got to look at your options because no one else can create your experience for you and that's where when i did the hypnobirthing um australia program it was life changing because i finally had someone sharing the information with me in a way that i could understand it and that wasn't fear based mm. and even after the first session and we were we were both taught by Melissa Spilstead. Um, yes. You, yeah. Um, and yeah. so you know, Melissa is just such a you know inspirational woman, and and the program she's created is honestly like one of the best childbirth education programs in the world. That's I would say. I was going to say Melissa is the creator of Hypnobirthing Australia. If you don't know who she is. Yeah, and she changed my life. But I feel like though I was also guided in you know she was put in my life for a reason, um, and then it was through my own birth experience that, yeah, I came out of my birth and it was the most empowering moment of my life. I'm not saying it wasn't, uh, wasn't hard work. Like my labor was long. Um, it was over a few days, but without the knowledge and the tools, um, and the support of my, my husband, especially, you know, that, and that's also what hypnobirthing does. Hypnobirthing is bringing the birth partners back into birth because they've been left out of birth for hundreds of years. You know, mm. that, you know, there is a part that birth is women's business, but when when you create a baby with someone that you, you know, you love or even within yourself, like, uh, you know, I teach women who are single as well. I teach same-sex couples, no matter who it is that you want in there supporting you, like, you need to be with with in your environment with someone that's going to make you feel safe and and secure so that you can release the hormones of birth and that's kind of where again this shift of of back when you look at history women used to birth at home in their own environments now I think only 1% of women will birth at home and all birth in a hospital setting and it's an environment that we're not familiar with and so therefore when we're in an environment that we're not familiar with is that affecting labor and birth well I say absolutely it is Mm. but it's not to say you can't create that environment you know and we've both done that like I had you know my son at at the hospital um, but I knew how to then create the space for myself. I, I love that you touched on that about birth partners and that's something that before I did the hypnobirthing course I had this belief that I was like, yeah, but at the end of the day, I birthed the baby. Like that was my thing, right? Which is fairly logical. But after doing the hypnobirthing course, I truly felt like, no, it's both of us. It's Mike and Mm -hmm. I, and then it's Flynn as well, right? Like I I fully believed that in my body that I am not, you know, at the end of the day, in inverted commas, doing this myself. I really, truly felt like we were doing it together. And I watched a real shift in Michael, which was really beautiful to see him take ownership over his role in the birth. And I know that for a lot of uh, my clients, when we talk about that with their partner, the, the birth partner, whether it is 
you know, your, your husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, someone you're in an intimate relationship with or the other parent to the child, I think that naturally they want to support you. And like, I know I've got clients as well who are navigating pregnancy solo and, you know, having a best friend or whoever they're with them as the birth partner, they want to help you and they want to help you in a way that is actually assisting the birth, right? And so what I loved about the course was that it gave Michael this massive toolkit of things that he could do to support me. And I felt really great handing that role over to him. And, you know, it was very natural for him to go, okay, I can take care of this. Like, you know, he was all over it. And, you know, on a Sunday leading up to the birth, he'd be like, okay, so we've got to practice these things. Like, let me practice my massage on you. And I was like, okay, let's do that. (laughs) But my husband did the same. Yep. It gave him his role and he was very clear on what he needed to do. And he was and he was absolutely everything I needed him to be in birth. And I truly believe that was because he was educated and I had to advocate mm. for that. He was never going to be like, oh, okay, you know, like let's do a hypnobirthing course. <laughs> that was never going to happen. But no. I knew that there was so much in it for both of us or it felt like there was going to be. And for that reason alone, that's why I – really encourage people to do this course if it's just purely so that your partner your birth partner feels educated in their role then it's you know you have well and truly seen success from the program like I really fully believe that um so I'm glad you touched on that yeah and you know I think it's it is interesting talking about you know birth and the women's business thing because if I think about like if I were to have women around me in my birth. Like I was kind of picturing, okay, what would have that looked like? I love my mom, but I don't think I would have wanted to, well, I didn't want to have my mom with Flynn. She had a really traumatic birth with me. She had a beautiful healing birth with my brother who's younger than me, but she also has her emotional trauma that would have come to birth. Mm -hmm. And I know while she would have wanted to be there to support me, I don't know that I really that it would have been what I needed. And, you know, if I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, I've got a few key girlfriends who had really empowering births. I would probably pick if I wanted to have women around me. But I think it's interesting now because the way that we parent, like Michael and I, in comparison to our parents or grandparents, is a lot more equal. And so, yeah, I just, I'm I'm interested to see where this kind of goes in the future with you know, men being invited into births now and, you know, being encouraged to be there in a supportive capacity because, yeah, like if I think about it, you know, in our house, both Michael and I work, both of us parent, you know, we both do the housework, like we really do have quite an equal role in that capacity. So, yeah, it just, it felt right for us, you know, for it to be, it's not really equal, but in birth, but he was, you know, a really, really beautiful support for me. So yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's a, I, that's one thing I love actually, you know, and sometimes it's, I, it's hard for the mothers to even get their partners to want to come to the course. That's probably one of the biggest. I reckon that's the know, hardest things. bit. I just had, you know, an inquiry the other day saying, how can I convince my husband or my partner to come to the course? And I think that's where too, when even before you're pregnant or during the pregnancy, there needs to be conversations starting to have about what you want and and what roles you are going to play together as parents. 
because yes, times have changed and there is a lot more of an equal, you know, when it comes to, to women still, you know, working or women having their own businesses, just like me, I own my own business. My husband works. We, we share it. You know, we do, we contribute very much equally. There's not an expectation of, okay, well, you are to do all the housework, Shari, and, you know, he just does the gardening kind of thing. It's not like that um, at all, but it needs to also, I think it's important that there's the communication, like with whoever it is that you choose, that, that you also express what you want and need from them. And the only way they're going to be able to do that is, again, being able to understand the process, the system, how they can support you. And it it makes a huge difference. And to be honest, the birth partners, the dads end up being some of my biggest advocates. They, I've heard them talk about how they, they've been in, in like, um, you know, on smoko break on a construction site and they're talking about hypnobirthing. Because so they, yeah. So I love it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's about rather than being shut totally shut off, we need you need to be open to doing something different. If you want to have a different outcome to your friends and family who maybe have had a traumatic experience, when you stop and actually if they're sharing their story with you, ask them, well, what did you do to, to prepare for birth? A lot of the time they would have said nothing. So if you want to have that kind of experience, then yes, maybe do nothing. But if you want to have a different experience, you need to do something different. And it's, but it's not becoming so different anymore. Like it's, yeah. I mean, just last year alone, I taught over 300 couples online around the world on the Gold Coast in my face-to-face classes. So word is spreading and that majority, I would say 90% of them are first time parents. And it just makes me feel like I'm just, you know, the shift is happening. Yes, we have a long long way to go but it's it's more like we are the change our maternity system needs to see if we don't speak up for what we want if we don't advocate for ourselves if we don't know our options if you if you don't know that we have human rights in birth then it's not going to change and the yeah. system will stay the same and you'll be put on that conveyor belt and in that assembly line but that is where I even get I even get um, DMs in my inbox on Instagram from midwives saying, thank you, Shari, for the information that you share because the couples that come through that you teach, it just makes our job so much easier to then even be able to advocate for them because, Mm -hmm. as I said, the midwives, they've also been drawn to this work for a reason because they want to help women in birth, but it's the system and the policies and the people up the top that are dictating to them what they have to have to say to women and when women don't know that they have other options then it you know it's hard for for the midwives to kind of say oh well but you can do this because then they're going and that's where they can lose their job so that's where when I hear from midwives they say we love the couples that do the hypnobirthing because it makes our job easier where we then can step back and watch and observe because the birth partners, sorry, know how to support mm. the the woman. They know how to advocate. You know, it's 
Yeah. Well, but I mean, you- like, I guess thinking about it in that way, like if somebody is birthing and they're overcome with fear, whether it's, you know, fear about, you know, the, the pain that they're experiencing or that their partner isn't being supportive or is potentially hindering the experience because of the way that they're trying to support them or if they are fearful about, you know, something else that's going on in the birth, if that's what the mother is experiencing, I can imagine that the energy of that birthing space, wherever they are, Mm -hmm. is really, really intense. And the midwife is then having to take the lead on like, okay, this is what we're going to have to do. And he's a, you know, here's a choice you need to make, or, you know, they're going to have to step in and take the lead. But I think that when we are empowered with our own knowledge and skills, I think it's a combination of both. Um, we're able to advocate for ourselves. And so we take the lead, like the birthing person mm-hmm. takes the lead and then everyone else is there to support us, which is what it should be, right? We're the one mm-hmm. who's tuned into our body. No one knows our baby or our body like us. And yet we go into a space like this, or some people do obviously, or without knowledge, we would go into a space like that, just going, okay, you tell me what to do. Like, what do I do? This is happening. I'm scared. Tell me what to do. Whereas mm-hmm. if we're empowered, we're like, I'm tapped into my body. I know what's happening because I've learned how physiological birth happens or, you know, the hormones and what my uterus is doing when I'm stressed and what it's doing when I'm relaxed and all of these things. We're so much more empowered to then take the lead. If we're scared, we can't do that, right? Right. And, you know, it's kind of time that we do take back some responsibility for ourselves, for our emotions, for our experience, for the, you know, because otherwise – and and that's again why I advocate for medical caregivers as well. Like like you said, like it's it's not easy for them to have a woman who's coming in in a total state of fear, has done no preparation, is screaming, not listening to her. Like so, yes, she has to take the responsibility and kind of in some ways take control of of that birth. But um, yeah, and that's exactly kind of what what the program um mm. helps to do. But yeah, every time I hear a woman going, oh, I'm you know you can't plan your birth. You, you, you just, I'm just going to wing it. And it's like, well, no, you can't plan birth. There's a huge part of birth is unpredictable, but you can prepare. And it's about understanding Mm -hmm. your options when it comes to physiological birth. If it comes down to that, you make a decision to induce the labor, understanding what's entailed in that induction process, even where you have a cesarean birth. Like I've just had a a mother book in, we've got a, a, I've got a course that I teach that is specifically for cesarean births. So That's what I was going to ask you because I think there's a big misconception that hypnobirthing is only for people who want intervention-free vaginal delivery and, yeah. you know, obviously yeah. that's not true. So, yeah, tell us a bit about the, the cesarean. And yeah, the look, it, it it's not how you birth, it's how you're made to feel in your birth. So birth looks different for everyone there I have some women coming to me going I I know I want the epidural and I'm like great okay well let's let let me teach you some techniques that you can work with your with the epidural in a side-lying position using a peanut ball or I have women going I you know I've been told it's safest to induce the labor because I have a medical condition okay let's work help you work towards having a positive induction labor mm. and teaching techniques to use with induction and teaching them about their options with induction and how that even if they do decide to have medical intervention it doesn't mean that they become a passenger of their experience they can still be a driver because they know about the induction process they know the risk they know you know what decisions that they can make and 
then I've even had women say, look, if if I can't have a spontaneous labor, I don't want to go through induction because I know that induction doubles the rate of cesarean. I would prefer to plan for a positive cesarean because I don't want to take that risk of induction ending up in cesarean anyway. So this is kind of where, and I actually just attended a workshop um, a couple of weeks ago with a beautiful um, woman. Her her name is uh, Catherine Bell. She she is sharing information now about how kind of what we're doing is helping women create like a birth map. So we're kind of moving away, trying to move away from calling it a birth plan because it's kind of like when we try and put a plan on something, we put one expectation on one experience. And if it doesn't go to plan, then, you know, that's when you can come out feeling disappointed or traumatized. Um, Even birth preferences, like this is what we would like, but it's still very much worded in a way to appease medical caregivers and what they want for you whereas a map is where we can lay it out and go okay well we want to go along this route of spontaneous labor but if I get to this stage where I can't do it anymore and I do want intervention I know my options I know I can have an epidural and then we're going to come down onto this roadmap or if we start labor off in as induction or if we have cesarean that you map it out and have open conversations with your birth partner and then take that to your medical caregivers and go look we want to prepare for whatever turn our birthing takes so let's let's talk about this now because then if this if we have to make these decisions when we are in labor then we we already feel confident in knowing what route we want to take. Mm. So yeah, hypnobirthing is not just about having a natural vaginal water birth. It's about helping you to really understand all of the options so that you can make an informed decision so that you get to that destination. And that destination is where you feel you have been heard, listened to, you felt empowered in the decisions that you you've made because you were educated, you've been given evidence-based information and no matter how that baby comes into the world, you know you have you you've done it. You've you've birthed your baby, regardless mm-hmm. if it's via cesarean or vaginally. You know, the day a baby is born is a mother is born. So yeah. it's and it, it can totally change women's outcomes when they have felt supported, educated, and had all the tools and techniques. Yes, definitely. I was gonna briefly touch on that. And I don't personally know any statistics, but I know I've read many things about how the birth influences that fourth trimester and the experience with then, you know, whether you choose to breastfeed, sleep, just the mother's overall emotional state, depending on what the birth was. And of course that makes sense to us, right? If we go through something traumatic, there's going to be, you know, an emotional impact on that. And, you know, I think recognizing that we do have a choice in this and keeping that communication open, like you said, with our birth partner. And also it's really important that we feel like we can talk to our care providers, you know, whoever that is, we need to have that open communication. And I love how you mentioned that about exploring those things with the care provider beforehand. That was something that I was really excited to do. <laughs> I think mm. my, my, I had a, I birthed Flynn in a private hospital. So I had an, a private obstetrician and she got very used to my many questions and everything, you know, but I really appreciated knowing where she stood on everything. You know, it, it means that 
if we need to, we can change care providers if, if required beforehand, rather mm-hmm. than being in that position in labor where you are saying, you know, that's not something I'm comfortable with. And they are saying, well, this is a hard line for me. And this is what we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. having that open communication beforehand, I think is so important because it all leads to creating that sacred birthing space, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And feeling supported is one of, you know, and choosing a caregiver who will support you is one of the most important decisions you will ever make when it comes to your birth. So, mm-hmm. and this is something that I I really keep trying to reiterate to, to women. You know, I have a lot of women who aren't even pregnant yet that follow me and they're like, I didn't even know that we could interview obstetricians or look at different options. I just thought the doctor would tell me where I have to go. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. this is, it, you, you don't, just have to go to the public hospital if you want to go private you don't just have to go to that one obstetrician that that GP has referred you to because and to equip yourself and when you said you ask questions that is the best way to empower yourself if you don't ask questions you won't you won't get any answers so Mm -hmm. asking questions is paramount to be able to ensure that you feel like you are getting all the information that you are being you are having a discussion okay it's not that you're being dictated in saying you know if an an obstetrician says well I induce all of my women at 39 weeks and for you to go okay what time would you like me here but rather going okay well let's discuss this what are your reasons for it because medical intervention should only happen if there is a you know medical reason that you know, mother and baby are in danger. So Mm -hmm. why is it that you induce all you women at 39 weeks? If I'm having a normal, healthy, uncomplicated pregnancy, and if I want to go to 42 weeks, will you support me? If they say no, then yes, that's a massive red flag. Go and find someone who will support you. Um, And so just to touch on, in case someone is listening and they're kind of hearing these things about induction and, you know, going into spontaneous labor versus induction, can you give us a little bit of Mm -hmm. understanding as to why, spontaneous labor leads to better outcomes versus induction. I know you kind of briefly touched, but just if people are listening going, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, look, there's so much to it, but it it really is, you know, when it comes to physiological birth, there's a whole play of hormones that come in to to, um, birthing our baby. Hormones like endorphins, so that's the hormone of pleasure that can reduce pain. Oxytocin is one of the main hormones that that really creates uterine contractions and those two hormones work together to bring a sense of calm connection now these hormones are also being passed through to the baby and there's a whole heap of hormonal changes with the baby that that happens for babies before labor starts to get them ready for entering the world um, with induction of labor and there are lots of different options when it comes to induction okay um in, you can have an induction via stretch and sweep, um, artificial rupture of membranes using prostaglandin gel. Uh, the main way to induce labor to create uterine contractions is called uh, is where they use a drug. It's called syntocin. It stands for synthetic oxytocin. Or if you're in the United States, it's called pitocin. Now, when we have a synthetic version of a hormone or any drugs or any pain-relieving drugs like epidural, uh, morphine, pethidine, what that does is it it creates a blood-brain barrier so it can inhibit the brain from being able to release the hormones 
for birth, like oxytocin and endorphins. Now, oxytocin is also the bonding hormone. It's the hormone that we release when we breastfeed. It's We are designed to release huge amounts of oxytocin about 20 minutes after our baby is born, and your baby's also releasing oxytocin as well. And that's when we talk about bonding after birth, that when it comes to physiological birth and the way nature has designed us, that's that's that bonding. Um, I'm getting goosebumps now. remembering that moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is and this is exactly the effects of of mm. these hormones. Now, many women don't understand that induction of labor is not natural labor. It's not physiological birth because one, it's the baby that triggers labor. It's the baby's oxytocin release that actually triggers our oxytocin release. So again, if the baby's not ready and they're inducing the labor, then the baby, their hormonal changes may not have happened in time. So that's where when we're inducing labor with the synthetic hormones, it's inhibiting our natural hormone release. It's also inhibiting the endorphins. So therefore endorphins play an important role in helping to just you know reduce the intensity of the sensations that come with labor and so therefore with an induced labor you totally skip early labor and you go straight into active labor so it's a lot it's a lot more intense um and there can be effects of of that syntocin okay because basically oxytocin is is stimulated by feedback from the baby the mother and her environment and what she, the, what that baby needs so the oxytocin can be alter the contraction pattern right so if your baby's maybe you know not to say that not coping but if your baby needs a bit of a rest the oxytocin will drop off and then there'll be bigger gaps between those intense contractions with syntocin the syntocin is administered via a drip now, syntocin acts on the oxytocin receptors in the uterus in the same way as oxytocin, but the important thing to realize is it cannot be altered by feedback by the baby, the mother, or her environment. So one of the main risks of inducing labor with syntocin is the risk of fetal distress because the contraction pattern is so hard and so fast that the baby ends up not coping with it. But the thing is, though, medical caregivers have got very good at inducing labor. So, and that's why with induction of labor comes other interventions like continual monitoring. They have to monitor you and your baby through an induction to ensure that that doesn't happen, that the baby's not going into distress. If the baby is going into distress, they just turn it down. And, but then they're not getting strong enough contractions to open the cervix. So that's why induction of labor with syntocin increases the risk of cesarean from 12.3% to 26%. So it's really important that when you are approaching your labor and birth, that you know this and that you understand it and that it also could inhibit bonding behaviors after birth because your brain is unable to release the oxytocin. Now, please know it's not to say that this doesn't happen like for, for women, okay? I've had women have really beautiful and positive, you know, induced labors. Um, but again, this is where then they're not looking at the after effects of inducing labor on mother and baby and the bonding and the breastfeeding and, you know, mothers feeling connected to their babies and postpartum depression. And is that all we need to look at? Well, how are these women birthed? And yeah, 43% of women having normal, healthy, uncomplicated pregnancies, having their labor induced, what effect is that having on 
women, babies, and children in life after birth. Mm, yeah. And I'm amazing. not, I'm not sharing this to scare people. Like it's not, it's that's, because and that's what I was going to say is if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. These in your hypnobirthing course that you teach, you learn this information but you don't walk away overwhelmed, you walk away feeling empowered. And I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge is that if you're receiving bits of information from all over the place, you're very likely going to feel overwhelmed. I think it's really important to, you know, if this is important to you, then make it a priority and find a way to get some type of education, whether it's hypnobirthing or whether it's something else that is suitable for you, that you can understand what is happening in your body, what is happening, you know, in the bigger picture as well, as far as your birthing experience um, and how you can best support yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's so much into it. Like that's just such a small part of it. So yeah, yeah. There, there is a lot more to that. And I will, I will just remind everyone, there's always a time and place for medical intervention and induction does save lives. You know, that it, it does. We're very lucky to have the medical care that we do, but it it is being overused and it's being overused for, and in case of model of care instead of because of. And this is what we've got mm-hmm. to understand that, yes, there are complications in pregnancy. There are also variations and there's a lot of intervention happening for variations rather than the, you know, and also the complications, but the variations may never turn into a complication. So, yeah, that's where it's important when when you know this and when you know what questions to ask if you are being recommended intervention or that you're you're having a caregiver saying they want to induce you for you to feel confident in saying, well, let's discuss this. Is there a medical reason for it? What are the benefits? What are the risks? You know, what are the risks if we wait? What are the risks of the induction itself? Because there are risks with inducing labor as well. I've got a I've got a kind of a sidestep random question for you. Say somebody works with you and they get to 41 weeks, for example, and their care provider is saying, look, I want to induce you. And they've got all the facts, but they're feeling really undecided. Can they reach out to you and you can kind of help them? Like obviously you're not going to yeah. make a decision for them, but do you do you find that your clients reach out to you when they're in a decision making process? Yeah, which is so yeah. like yeah. how incredible to have that support. Yeah, and that, all of my clients, both my online and face-to-face have my full phone and email support leading up to the birth. So I even give my phone number to the birth partners. Um, You know, I have dads messaging me saying, waters have broken, there's no surges, what can you suggest? Because they're recommending induction. And again, I will never tell you to go against medical advice. But what I can do is either help you create some questions that you can take to your caregiver so you can feel confident in asking is this the right decision for you or can we look at an alternative so yeah that's Mm. and that's where having the right support is just so important yeah amazing so on that note for anyone who's listening who is like oh my god I love this woman how do I work with her how can they do that well I teach face-to-face classes on the Gold Coast Um, I have a lot of couples that travel for, for, for those, I feel very humbled um, that so many women travel for my classes, but I also now offer the full 12 hour, well, it's actually more about a 14 hour course now with the amount of information that I share. Um, I have, I offer it f- through online, um, it's live webinar. So it's the exact same course. I've not lost any of the, the um, uh, hands-on experiences. Like you get to learn from the comfort of your lounge room. Um, and that's over like a four week period that we jump online on zoom and I share the course with you. I also, um, work privately with clients. Um, and I also have a new practitioner who's going to be coming on, um, joining me 
this year very shortly um, just so that we can offer more course options. So I've got weekend courses, evening courses online. But yeah, this is what I do full time and it's something that I'm so passionate about and I just, I, you know, from and you would know like this course, it can be life changing. It's It's something that I truly like my why and why I do this is because I believe that every woman and birth partner deserves to have a positive experience and they need this information or, you know, they deserve to have this information and what you do with the information is up to you. But if I can share just something with you that makes you feel more empowered for your experience then that's that's why I feel like I'm on this earth at the moment but um yeah online face to face or they can come and follow me on Instagram I share a lot of stuff on Instagram at belly to birth but yeah or my website belly to birth.com.au you're amazing and I'll make sure I put all of those links into the show notes so that you can easily grab those and connect with Shari I just wanted to finish by saying that I I really fully believe that without doing the hypnobirth course myself that I would not have had the positive birth and also very positive fourth trimester that I had with Flynn. And it actually makes me really emotional and breaks my heart that women miss out on that. You know, we mm. work so hard to bring, I'm going to cry. <laughs> mm. we, bro- we work so hard to bring these beautiful humans into the world and we deserve to feel incredible for that experience. So, oh. <sighs> I didn't see that coming. I feel Um, you. I do. Yeah. But it, yeah, if, if this has struck something in you that you are wondering, you know, could this be for me, then please explore it. And if it's not Shari, there are other hypnobirthing practitioners, but more than anything, please, please allow yourself to advocate for a beautiful birthing experience for you and your baby, because you are so, so worthy. Thank you so much, Shari. You are absolutely incredible. And I love that we are walking these paths, you know, side by side, supporting women to have these amazing experiences as they become mamas. And I adore you and I appreciate you. And I'm so grateful for everything that you've shared today. Right back at you. And yeah, I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing as well. So thank you for this opportunity to share. Such a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. For more, go to katecaddle.com. If you loved the show, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you are more of a candid girl and like to see what's going on behind the scenes and what I'm really like, come and check me out on Instagram, kate underscore cattle. I'll see you soon.